the inner machinations of my mind are an enigma. Welcome everybody to the Evan Podseca, the official Podseca of EvanPodseca.com. Ipso facto, the only Podseca of EvanPodseca.com. Here's today's show for January 16th, 2019. We're talking about the new Spider-Man trailer. Saw the trailer, I think, yesterday morning for Spider-Man Far From Home. I don't even remember what it's called. I'm, that's what a great journalist I am. It's called Spider-Man Far From Home. So I nailed it on the first try. I need to learn to be more competent in myself. Can you imagine how many things would be going better in my life if I just was confident and nailed things on the first try like that? If I just came out on the pod segment and was like, Spider-Man, Far From Home, it's a movie about blah, blah, blah. You'd be listening like, this is a very astute man. This is a very good internet journalist. In a world full of fake news, I'm glad the pod Sega is something I can listen to and trust. You shouldn't trust this. I've got a lot of strange opinions a lot of curmudgeon views on things like like the lines at Dunkin' Donuts and people's knees. Very specific thoughts on a lot of weird shit that nobody has views on but me. So I'm not a trusted news source uh, by any means. But I will I will get into this. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home trailer came out. And as I'm watching it... Uh, for, well, first of all, I don't even know how you're supposed to... Because I, I wrote a blog about this earlier... And I said in the blog, I don't even know how you're supposed to spell Spider-Man. Is it Spider-Man? Or is it Spider and then capital M on man, like one word, but the M is capitalized? Is it Spider and then a space and then man? Because realistically, I think, and don't quote me, if I were to, you know, if I were to see like an internal memo from Marvel, I think it's just Spider-Man. S-P-I-D-E-R-M-A-N. No hyphen, no space, just lowercase M-A-N. I, I hope I'm incorrect. Because that just sounds like it should just be a last name like Spiderman. Like, hi, I'm Peter Spiderman. I'm your court-appointed attorney. Imagine every day explaining to people. That's the thing. If your last name was spelled Spider-Man, but pronounced Spiderman or however you want it to be spelled, you are getting that every single day of your life. You are getting, well, hi, my Spider-Man. You're getting that every single day of your life. You know, there's a few things like you get, whatever, say your name's Michael Jordan. Every once in a while, someone's going to go, I'd say maybe seven days a week. I'd say three to four days a week, someone's going to go, Michael Jordan, oh, I thought thought we had uh, his royal heiress coming in himself, right? You're going to get that three to four times a week. There's no way somebody named Peter Spitterman is not getting called Spider-Man, or someone's going to be like, look out for Venom, or oh no, hope the Green Goblin doesn't show up. Someone's doing that shit to him every single day of his life. And he is just a simple, humble, uh, court-appointed attorney who is just trying to do the right thing and raise his kids. And every goddamn day, he's got to deal with people being like, oh, look out, Sandman's coming. Like, oh, that poor, that poor, poor man I invented for this weird um, hypothetical scenario. There's a couple things you'll notice in the Spider-Man trailer. Um, one is Nick Fury is back. It's about Peter Parker. He goes on a Euro trip. He gets shanghaied by Nick Fury. And they go on an adventure to stop the scariest thing that any of us in Hollywood could think of. Which is Jake Gyllenhaal attempting a new career path for his third act. Ooh! Gyllenhaal famously first act, October Sky. 
child actor. Second act, I'd say maybe peaked at Brokeback Mountain and Love and Other Drugs. Now he is a Marvel villain. He's Mysterio. I watch the trailer, and I see Peter Parker in Europe, and I see him with Nick Fury, and I see him fighting Mysterio, like on the Venice, you know, in, in the Venice Canals. And I'm thinking, I'm like, where have I seen this before? Like, I immediately was like, this is all... It played out like I had. I was having like a really bad Vietnam flashback. I was like, "Oh my god, I've I've been here before. I've opened all these doors, and I had a Scooby Doo chase scene through this hallway. Where am I?" And I realized I'm. I'm in, I was set back. I was in the year two is two thousand and three, and George W. Bush was in office, and Gitmo Guantanamo Bay was still a thriving uh, metropolis. So that thanks Obama. Finding Nemo came out. It was a different time, 2003. Dawson's Creek just ended, had its series finale. I wish Dawson's Creek ended with they all drown in the creek. And it was all, the whole movie was kind of like, or the whole series was like a Saint Elsewhere kind of deal where you realize like, oh, they've been retelling the story of Dawson and his friends because they named the creek after them when they drowned in the creek. And it's all like a, I don't know, maybe the whole series is like a Jacob's Ladder scenario with Dawson and Pacey and Joey. Those are the only three characters I remember living there. Like, good for them. They made a little show out of nothing. And that was from the creator of Scream, I believe. Can you imagine going from Scream to creating Dawson's Creek? I would have liked the Scream Killer to show up in Dawson's Creek. And that's, and that's who should have drowned them all in the creek. I have got to change the subject. I cannot keep talking about Joshua Jackson and James Vanderbeek drowning in a shallow body of water. <laughs> that is a bit much. But here's what that. It's 2003. This is where I realized what I know Spider-Man Far From Home from. Spider-Man 3 was another movie in the year 2003 about another plucky underdog teenager who goes on a Euro trip who uh, is a victim to, I, I listed all these out because this is what I do. I sit with my nonsense mind and I'm, I'm, I literally, I'm an actual human being who sits there and watches a Spider-Man trailer and goes, oh yeah, no, I know this, but she listen. So this, this movie in 2003 is about an underdog teen who goes to Europe. Okay. Am I talking about Peter Parker or someone else um, who falls victim to a foreign villain again? Peter Parker or this other person, a bill, a bully. I almost said a Billy. <laughs> Billy Zane is. I'm talking about Billy Zane. No, um, a bully. There's also a bully who has like an ironic respect for the celebrity, even though they don't know who he or she is. Uh, and then a, a, there's a wise, strict chaperone figure and characters struggling with a double life. And and oh my god. And then also the main character falls in love with what we thought was a platonic friend. Right? And so everything I just said describes the Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. But guess what, motherfuckers? It also describes the 2003 movie, the Lizzie McGuire movie, starring Hilary Duff as the titular Lizzie McGuire. And you can try to find the trailer on YouTube. I found the trailer on YouTube, and the quality looks like they shot the movie on a potato. Like, if, if you had no experience with the Lizzie McGuire movie, except for the trailer that you can find on YouTube... You would assume that they shot it in between takes at like a middle school science fair. 
they took someone's project to shoot on a, the movie on the potato, and then in between takes, they gave the potato back to the middle schooler so that they could make the clock radio work because they made a potato battery. Also, the trailer also uses the B-52 song, Rome, which um, I can sing 10 seconds of it because I don't want to get copyright infringement because the B-52s guy is not who you want. <laughs> I would actually, you know what? I invite them to sue me. Would love to be in court with the B-52s guy. Where's the defendant? At the Love Shack, baby. Hopefully I moved the mic far enough away from my voice. And no, that wasn't the B-52s guy. That was me doing an impression. I know for a second you're like, oh, holy shit. Podseca's got like some really big pull around town. He got the B-52s guy on his show. I didn't get the B-52s guy. That was me. Um, but honestly, just like what, just like I spoke about Wesley Snipes the other day on the show could probably get the B-52s guy on the show. What has he been doing? What has he been up to? I haven't seen him since, when was it? Since the Flintstones movie where they play themselves, but they're the BC-52s because, and you know why they did that? Because money. I have a theory that Steven Spielberg only made Jurassic Park to prove to Universal Studios that he can handle working with dinosaurs so that the next year they would let him make Flintstones. I've not been proven wrong on that yet. So the B-52's song Rome is in the trailer because, and the song starts right on a cut. Like it cuts from Lizzie at like her middle school graduation or like or leaving for summer break or whatever it is. And it cuts to the city of Rome because she's like, and I'm going on a trip. And it cuts to Rome. And literally right when it cuts to Rome, you hear the B-52s. Rome if you want to roam around the world. And it just, I can't decide if that was a genius move or it's just completely gratuitous and ridiculous. I like to, I did imagine earlier what it was probably like when someone pitched using that song in the, in the trailer. At like the Disney headquarters. Hey, we need a song. We need a song for the Lizzie McGuire trailer. What are we going to do? Well, someone suggested Rome by the B-52 since they shot so much of the movie in Rome. That's actually a really good idea. Who's, whose idea was that? And they point out the window and there's just a guy in the parking lot shotgunning, shotgunning Mountain Dew Code Red and, and eating Slim Jims. They're like, holy shit. Give that dude a raise. Because he's driving a 04 Chevy Cavalier. <laughs> he's making big decisions for this company and he's driving an 04 Chevy Cavalier. But there's similarities between Lizzie McGuire and Spider-Man Far From Home that are too they're just too strong to ignore. Besides the obvious one of both are Disney characters. Um, Lizzie McGuire, not quite an Avenger like Spider-Man, but I feel like we never continued the adventures with Lizzie McGuire. I like to think that maybe after college, she got like an analytics degree in college. And so maybe she, maybe she was on the battleship, um, at the beginning of the first Avengers, you know, the flying battleship, the aircraft carrier. I like to think maybe she was on there and she survived. And then she ended up working for the home base that we see in winter soldier when Robert Redford becomes a bad guy. That's the other thing. Robert Redford is in one of these movies. Like what? Well, I would love to see what the Brinks truck of money they backed up to his house looks like, that they got Robert Redford to be in a comic book movie. If you had told Robert Redford when he was making, like, Ordinary People or Butch Cassidy, or, like, on the set of All the President's Men, 
these these amazing films that are all in the Library of Congress and all of them are on like the AFI top 100 list. If you had told him he's making like The Natural that hey, one day you're going to be the not even the hero, you're going to be the bad guy in a comic book movie. He'd probably look you in the eyes and go, "Get the hell off of my set talking that ragtime bullshit to me." Okay? Get out of here. I don't want you here. You're upsetting Mary Tyler Moore. Again, Robert Redford, not on the show. That was a, just a spot-on impression I was doing. You're well. You're very welcome. So Lizzie McGuire probably graduated college, got an analytical degree. So I'd like to think, you heard it here first. The Lizzie McGuire movie and the Lizzie McGuire series, it's all canon with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And you know why I can make that bold, outrageous claim? It's because no one can refute it. I think there's very limited evidence of some that anyone could come at me and be like, oh, hey, by the way, none of that's true. Until the day comes that I get a chirp on Twitter from somebody, from Hillary Duff herself, or maybe LaLanne, who played Miranda on Lizzie McGuire. Until I get a chirp that's like, hey, BT Dubs, none of that happened, you can take that as a fact. You can take that to the bank. And also, like I said, uh, there's a young, listen, a young teenager must battle with the demons of living a double life while on a school trip to Italy. That literally could be Peter Parker or Lizzie McGuire. Um, Our hero is constantly bullied by a peer who unknowingly respects and looks up to them. At the end of the Spider-Man trailer, uh, Tony Revolori, who plays Flash Thompson, he talks about how much he loves Spider-Man. And then Peter is like, oh, hey, I heard Spider-Man was doing it. And then Flash Thompson's like, shut up, Peter Parker. You're such a nerd. And you're like, okay, I see what you did there. He doesn't know that Peter and Homeboy are the same. And that happens in Lizzie McGuire. The girl who's a bully, uh, Lizzie McGuire's bully, Kate, loves all the Italian celebrities and is always reading like the gossip magazines. And then she, and she thinks the Italian pop star is so cool. And then she's shitty to Lizzie McGuire. She doesn't know that Isabella, the pop star, is actually just Lizzie McGuire doing a very offensive uh, tomato face Italian impression. I'm not even Italian, but when I see Hilary Duff do her version of the Italian uh, pop star in that movie, I was like, oh my, I'm offended. She's, she's a real, like, she really sauces it, a real mamma mia. Like, she's like a real Chef Boyardee. Uh, Olive Garden Italian in that movie. And she somehow fools an entire nation of pop fans. If I'm Italian and I'm watching that, I'm going, Oh, Maroon, is that what we sound like? Come on. Get Coza. That's what I'm saying if I'm Italian, but I'm not. But maybe that's why we don't see much of Hilary Duff anymore. Maybe she just got ostracized. We're doing a very offensive Italian stereotype in a major tentpole. I would have called that. I would have called as you would a tentpole. But it was a major studio release. <laughs> Certainly not a tentpole. The main character is forced to remain under the watchful eye of a wise adult chaperone. Peter Parker has got Nick Fury, Sam Jackson, and Lizzie McGuire has Mrs. Ungermeyer, played by the incredible Alex Borstein. And who would I be more afraid of? Alex Borstein or, or Sam Jackson? You want your gut to be like Sam Jackson. He's a one-eyed military like general. He's a scary, he's an intimidating man. He's a man of action. But Miss Ungermeyer is Miss Alex Borstein as Miss Ungermeyer is just a real take no shit boss lady. 
Like maybe just keep me out of the 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 scenario, the hypothetical, and let's just put Sam Jackson, Alex Borstein as Fury and Ungermeyer in a room, and let's see who comes out uh, on top. A handsome, well dressed foreigner turns out to be evil. Spoiler alert for two thousand three's Lizzie McGuire movie: the Italian pop star who sees Lizzie McGuire picks plucks her from obscurity and says, "Hey, you look just like." my musical partner who bailed on me and we have a big gig and I'm going to look like an idiot if I don't have my, my, my coast, my co-star. I need you. It turns out he's actually a bad guy. He knows Lizzie can't sing. He knows she's a, a stupid American. So he thinks, Oh, I'm going to make her look like a fool. It's going to make Isabella, the real pop star look like a fool. And then I'm going to walk away from this smelling like roses. Here's the thing. With that plan, with your evil plan, dude, it's like, say it went across, because here's what happens in the movie, Lizzie McGuire and the real female Italian pop star Isabella, they figure out Paolo's plan, they team up, and they make him super embarrassed on live international television, right, because they thwarted him, but what I want to know is if the plan went according to his brain piece, if, if, if it went according to the way he wanted it to go, that means that that Lizzie McGuire goes on international TV. She totally bombs. She looks stupid. For maybe the first, eh, I'll give them 12 hours, it looks like the Italian pop star totally blew it. But after 12 hours, I mean, the real Isabella is going to get on like the Italian version of CNN and be like, oh, hey, real quick, I was in Mykonos this whole time. You know, and then I was in Ibiza. I wasn't in Rome. That's a girl who looks like me. Like, his plan, like... He's there was no there was no escape route for his plan. He would get his revenge for twelve hours before the internet and and all the publicists and record label people would be like, oh oh my oh holy shit. So hey man, if anything, they probably actually shouldn't have thwarted his plot because letting his plot go as planned. And then just letting nature take its course would actually ruin his career more, I think. Because then people would be like, oh my god, you're a, you're a sociopath, Paolo. What is going on here? I think they said Paolo was the one who couldn't sing. I don't remember the movie, but I think Paolo lip-synced, but Isabella was great. And he was trying to make it look like the opposite. Italian teenage drama, I'm telling you. I get a little too deep into it sometimes. So that, wait, but that was just the, that was just uh the, the Lizzie McGuire thing. So the evil foreign villain for, for Peter Parker is he goes on his European sightseeing, but all of a sudden it's cut short when a bedazzled and bearded Jake Gyllenhaal appears out of like a storm cloud and starts wreaking havoc on these making smoke monsters, making water monsters. I haven't seen Spider-Man far from home. So I don't know if then Jake Gyllenhaal tries to thwart Peter Parker's uh, singing career, but one can only assume that if, if, it, if all the similarities have been this close, it's gotta be, it's got to be close, right? Finally, the main character falls in love or or expresses romantic feelings towards what was otherwise a platonic friend. Uh, we get glimpses in the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer of Zendaya from Zendaya's Michi fame uh, talking to Peter Parker, and he says she looks really pretty, and then she, some, she says something brilliant. She goes, oh, so now I have value. Like, now you're going to want to talk to me. He's like, oh, no, uh, uh, no, I didn't mean that. She's like, no, no, I'm kidding. And then she looks and she goes, you're pretty too. So you got these two characters who, like, because in the first movie, she just uses Peter Parker as a verbal punching bag, 
which I'm not, listen, I'm not complaining. Punch, punch away, please. He's got a very punchable face, that Tom Holland. If I see him on the street, I'm going to, I'm not, I would never punch him because I'm not a man of action. I'm not a man of violence. I'm not a real man. But if I ever saw Tom Holland, I'd be like, hey, I want you to be very careful, Spidey, because you got a very punchable face. I'm not going to do it, but somebody might. And uh, I just want you to keep looking out. And he'll go, oh, cheerio, thanks, mate. Because he's actually British. And and again, that wasn't Tom Holland. That was me. I, I'm flattered. You people think I can get these guests, but I can't. Can't swing it. They kind of have a lovey-dovey little moment. So then, at the end of the Lizzie McGuire movie, she's there on the Euro trip with her friend Gordo. We all know and love Gordo uh, from the series. I believe he's played by Adam Lamberg. But so they, they I'm just going to read what I wrote earlier today because it's kind of mind-boggling what they do at the end of the Lizzie McGuire movie. So here we go. A city, yeah, Rome is such a city of love, huh? We got MJ and Peter Parker falling in love. We got we got Gordo and, and Lizzie McGuire falling in love. It's great. City, the city of Amor. But it's also a massive, uh, it's, it's also, I, I watched the documentary. It's got a massive, like, tourism fraud problem. Uh, when like I'm not gonna get into it. That's a that's a pod Sega for another uh, Bongiorno. But here, okay. So here's what I'm gonna read from the blog. In the Lizzie McGuire movie, Lizzie, quote unquote, finally shares a kiss with her longtime best friend Gordo. To say this would be a little bit problematic is an understatement, because you're showing a bunch of tween boys that the reward for years of friendship is a romantic relationship. And that's, that's pretty screwed up. Like, that's how I saw it. I even texted my sister once. I was like, hey, it's kind of problematic that the Lizzie McGuire movie, which kind of works as the series finale, ends with her kissing Gordo, who, like, throughout the whole series, they've just been homies. I was there. I don't remember there being any groundwork for that. There was no groundwork of, of Gordo pining for her or anything. Was there? Am I crazy? So just to show all these, like, impressionable... Like, I was 12, 12 or 13 when that movie came out. So I saw that, I remember I saw that in the theaters with my sister at a movie theater that does not exist anymore in Framingham, Massachusetts. I couldn't even tell you what's on that lot now if I wanted to. Is it, is it where like Dick's Sporting Goods is on Route 9 now? I don't know. But we saw it and, and I'm an impressionable tween boy and I'm seeing like, oh, all I have to do is be a girl's friend for like eight years. And then finally, when we're in the city of lights, the city of Amor, Roma, I can finally make a move, because like kind of like uh, Zendaya's Michi said in, in 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 the thing, like oh now I have value. Oh we're in Rome. Oh we're alone together. Finally, one of us has value. So, I think that's that's crazy. The point though being is that there's another similarity of the fact that our main character kind of falls in love with someone that we only ever saw as a as a platonic uh, friend before. So look, let's wrap this up. I'm not saying. That the writers of Spider-Man: Far From Home stormed, like I, I'm not, I'm not gonna say they forgot that they had like a draft due, so they just stormed the Disney archives and were like, I don't know, the Lizzie McGuire, what? Where, where does it take place? Rome? I mean, that could be cool. We would get to go to Rome for a couple months. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. And then they kind of like re- find replace all. Uh, every time it said Lizzie, they just change it to Peter, and every time it said Isabella, they just change it to Spider-Man. And anytime they wrote like awkward, awkward chat in a in a, an Italian uh, Duomo, they change it to a uh, super awkward uh, kiss on hotel roof, because that's where I believe where there was an awkward fireworks show 
to show you that Gordo <laughs> ejaculated in his pants. It was a metaphor. It was very artistic. It was a director's choice. Jim Falls, an auteur. All right, that's enough of that. Listen, if you want to go see Spider-Man Far From Home, please don't let me stop you. I'm just saying we've all probably already seen it when it came out in 2003. It was called The Lizzie McGuire Movie. Uh, if you like the show, rate and subscribe and leave a comment and do all of that on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this. Uh, SoundCloud. I don't think I'm on SoundCloud. I shouldn't have said that. Um, anyways, you can find me at Twitter and Instagram at, at the Evan Fonseca. And you can also find all the blogs, all the pods, all possible upcoming show dates, live shows. Ooh, at evanfonseca.com. That's the pod Sega for January 16th, 2019. I hope everybody had a good time listening and I hope, uh, Ooh, cliffhanger. I'm just gonna leave it like that. And I hope, uh,